Hello everyone. Falcha, welcome to the Incomparable History of Ireland podcast. This show is to share the richness of this ancient island. It's Misha Lauren. I am Lauren, your host on this journey through the stories of this Emerald Isle. I represent the Clan Nagel of Delaware, an Irish society for the education of Irish language, history, and culture. This episode brings me the greatest pleasure to share with you. This is the story of Wheel, Grace O'Malley, the Queen Pirate of Ireland. Grace O'Malley was born in about 1530 on the rugged coast of Western Ireland during a period of clan rivalries and piracy, and she blew away the notion of a woman's place in the 16th century was at home in the kitchen raising the children. She would command a fleet of men taking on the powers of Queen Elizabeth and the Spanish monarch. The only reason I can even bring this episode to you today is because of the written records of the English. Letters sent back to England by British military dispatches, letters from governors, and the likes in Ireland. The men of Ireland that couldn't stand up and match her in life kept her out of any written record trying to destroy any memory of her. So this is the one instance where I can thank the Brits for writing so much about her that history is able to tell her story. So here is the true story, a story you couldn't make up. It would be so unbelievable. She is one of the greatest clan leaders of Ireland. Grace O'Malley was a woman generations ahead of her time. Grace O'Malley was born in County Mayo on the west coast of Ireland. Fierce and beautiful are the descriptions of her, and she could as easily kill a man with her sword as seduce him with her cunningness and her sex appeal. She obviously was a level much superior to men, for hundreds of men would take her command. She is legendary, but the truth of the story is even much greater when you look at her rivalry with the Brits and Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth became fascinated with reports of this woman that were calling her the chief commander and director of thieves and murderers at sea. She left quite an impression on her enemies. At the time, I don't think people could even imagine a female clan leader in Ireland, but it happened even with it being against the law. She adored her father, Black Oak, the very fierce leader of the O'Malley clan, and she loved the ocean. He taught her everything he knew about seafaring, winds and weather, the tides and currents of Clue Bay, which the O'Malley clan claimed to own for over a thousand years. This treacherous bay is going to be quite the proving ground for young Grace in uh, sea battles. Her father told of his visits to far-off countries and her ancestral exploits and adventures, and Grace was all in on leaving her mark as well. So at around 12 or 13, when girls are getting married off and hopefully up in class with more money, more land, more cattle, Grace had no desire. Her father was heading out on a long journey, and Grace wanted so much to go with her father, but her mother forbade it, and her father sided with her mother. Grace, though, was not going to sit by, get married, and let men, not close to her equal, take to the sea without her. 
she stowed away. And so this is a real crucial point. What does her father do with this defiance? She stayed hidden till they were too far out to sea to return her. Black Oak must have seen something incredibly special in her that he allowed her to pursue this dream. Grace had a half-brother named Donald of the Pipes. This could have one of two meanings at that time. He was either musically inclined, or he liked the wine too much coming from Spain, which arrived in what was called pipes. One thing is for sure, he was no mariner. Even though Black Oak let Grace sail with him and be under his tutelage, he would surely have to ensure that she understood business and she would need to get married. So at the age of 16, she married her first husband from my clan, Donald O'Flaherty, who was next in line to be chieftain of the Flaherty clan. His nickname was Donald of the Battles. He had a great deal of brawn, but no, no match for Grace intelligently. I'm a descendant, and lucky for me, I got the best of both of them. Grace stuck Grace stuck with him for eight years, and they had three children before he was killed in battle with a neighboring clan. Grace saw beyond battles for land and cattle, which was the wealth in Ireland at the time. She started building up the O'Malley clan at sea from Clare Island. What is really interesting here is that Grace had to have already been ahead of Donald. Because after his death, his men stayed under her command. Can you believe this? What did these hardened fighting men see in Grace? She had to have stood so far apart from the men in her day that it was simply a no-brainer. Smarter, braver, more successful, because she had to pay them. The Brits' invasion of Ireland started around the 1100s. And at this time in the 1500s, you had Brits in Galway City highly taxing shipping trades that impacted the O'Malley clan. She became a fly, a gnat, an irritation to the British Navy. If merchant ships wanted to travel through the O'Malley territories, they would have to pay a fee. Her knowledge of this very treacherous Clue Bay with 300 Ireland's inlets, narrow channels, gave her quite the advantage. Also, the shallow bay changes from low to high tide. Dangerous sandbars and rocks become death traps. She had several large ships in her fleet for the ocean, but Ireland had these smaller workboats. They're still used today. You'll see them in my home county of Galway, which she preferred to use in the bay that were quicker and more maneuverable. They could attack in numbers, lying in wait. She and her men would attack and raid the ships. Brits at the time believed the entire ocean belonged to England and saw this as piracy. She was very successful, and the O'Malley clan got richer as her reputation grew. Black Oak dies when she's in her late 20s, and Grace sought to become the chieftain of the O'Malley clan, which was not allowed by law at the time. Her argument was she was already leading the clan, and she already held the role. I mean, Donald of the Pipes probably didn't dare to take her on, and she became the chieftain of the O'Malley clan. As tough as she was, she was very much a woman, though. Raising three children, she's known to have at least one lover and maybe an illegitimate child. Ireland was very liberal at this time, even though it was Catholic. 
Catholic in Ireland was very different than Catholic elsewhere. One lover was known to arrive by shipwreck. Her and her men went to the coastline to see what spoils they could find when they observed a shipwreck in bad weather. She found a man, Hugh de Lacey, son of a merchant. She took him back to Clare Island and got him back to health. They had a very passionate relationship for months till he went hunting on the mainland. The rival clan, the McMahons, tracked and stalked him and killed him. The McMahons' mistake fueled a wrath that would come down on them like a wildfire. She not only hunted down and killed the men that killed Hugh, she sailed to Dunna and Blacksod Bay to the south to the McMahon stronghold and attacked their castle. She defeated them and placed her followers in the castle, and she was given the name the Dark Lady of Dunna. At this time in England, they're really trying to take complete rule of Ireland, and Grace knew the families of County Mayo were going to have to come together, united, giving them more strength of resistance. She married Richard Burke, <laughs> but with a prenuptial agreement. It was a one-year trial period. The Burks ruled the northern part of Clue Bay, and the O'Malley's the south end of Clue Bay. Seems she planned to take control of the whole bay. The Burke Castle was only accessible during high tide, which made a sneak attack nearly impossible from sea. A year later, she threw him out of Rockfleet, his own castle, and took it over. Laws in Ireland at this time looked after women quite well. The record shows that they stayed very close, though. They were business partners and might have gotten back together a time or two. The combined forces of the O'Malley's and the Burks put up quite a force against the Brits. With balls bigger than brass, Richard and Grace sailed to Galway, right into the harbor, to meet with the Brit-installed governor, Sir Henry Sidney. The guise of the trip was to offer their services to the English crown, but most believed it was to show him what he was up against. Her boldness paid off, and Henry Sidney felt she was better to have as a friend than as an enemy. Smart move on his part, but this truce really couldn't last very long. At the time, Queen Elizabeth and England were worried about invasion by Spain. Uh, their armada was incredible, and the Irish chieftains, Queen Elizabeth felt, would be more likely to side with Spain than England. <laughs> she got that right. Now she takes the biggest gamble of her life. Grace was smart, intuitive, and read the situation very well. Before any journey to sea, she always sat on the cliffs and watched the waves, currents, clouds, color, the water smell. She studied and planned. At this point, she is a legend and well-known in England, France, Spain, Portugal, Wales, Scotland, and maybe even further. She had paid mercenaries from Scotland. She went to Spain to have ships built by their master craftsmen. She had taken the O'Malley clan to a totally new height. She was out at sea when she gave birth to her favorite son, Theobald, nicknamed Toby of the Ships. The day after giving birth and nursing Toby on the ships below, her fleet was attacked by African raiders. Her men were losing the battle with their leader below. Grace 
pissed to no end, arrives on the deck, they say crazed with a musket, shooting in it, shock the invaders, and she turned the tides and defeated them. Shortly after Toby was born, though, her ally and most trusted friend, father of Toby, Richard Burke, died. And on the other hand, Queen Elizabeth was losing patience now and sees the conquest of Ireland a necessity to keep Spain from using it as a stepping stone to England. She's about to get very tough. In 1584, Queen Elizabeth sends her most unforgiving enforcer to Galway, Sir Richard Bingham, and his plan is to bring Grace and the O'Malley clan to their knees. Bingham is not going to underestimate her, and he sets out with 500 soldiers and tracks them down, and he tracks her son, Owen, and chases him and goes to his castle. He kills the entire clan, saving Owen for last. He was bound, tortured, and then murdered. In the report he sent back, he justified the killing, saying he died attempting escape. Grace was extremely pained as a mother losing her eldest son. Her vengeance was unleashed to a level that even Bingham was surprised. His forces outnumbered hers 25 to 1, but their guerrilla tactics, using the terrain to hit and quickly disappear, was working well. Knowing the coast so well, she would slip into some of the tightest bays with her fleet, attack, then slip away. Bingham started bribing tribes to assist the English, and to Grace, anyone aiding Bingham was fair game. Even her other son, Murrick O'Flaherty, who aligned with Bingham, she actually tacked her own son's castle and burned his ships. Grace was winning battles, but it was a losing war. Bingham sailed into the harbor and surrounded Rockfleet, and under the guise of a truce, she got him to leave her uh, stronghold, and he arrested her and imprisoned her for months. Bingham thought he had won, but Grace is going to slip through his fingers. She sent word to some of her allies and affiliates of Sir Henry, and they were upset with his cruel brand of justice. They struck a deal with Bingham's superiors that Grace could go free if members of her clan took her place. Oh, Bingham was furious. Over the next two years, Bingham decimates the clans of Ireland. Many killed off, and Clue Bay was sealed off by English warships. Grace couldn't go to sea. Grace and the clan had to live in their ships because he burnt all their land till nothing was left but cinder. They had famine conditions. The, the, the life was just extremely difficult. Grace was determined if she couldn't take him on at sea or on land, she would battle him another way. She was going straight to the top. She requested an audience with Queen Elizabeth herself. Can you imagine? She stated she had no problem with the English, but with Bingham himself. She told of her killing of her family, the burning of their homeland, and she was just doing what any mother would do, protecting her children in self-defense. Bingham wrote his own letters going on about the gall of this woman saying self-defense. Her piracy against England, she should be killed. Bingham threw Toby of the ships in prison. For years, 
the letters go back and forth across the Irish Sea to the Queen and back to the Queen and back. Queen Elizabeth seems fascinated by Grace and told her to come to the court and present your case. Spring of 1595, Grace boards a ship and heads to England. She's now in her 60s. She had to know this was the most important trip of her life. She could be thrown in prison and hung along the Thames River as a pirate. This was a huge risk she was taking, bold as brass, to go into the to go into the lion's den. She would see the skeletons of pirates they left hanging along the Thames. The irony is Queen Elizabeth herself actually funded pirates like Sir Francis Drake. Grace sailed up the Thames to Greenwich, to the Queen's Summer Palace downstream from London, which would have been quite the sight. Here was this infamous pirate woman. People must have lined the river in droves to get a to get a look. And she was the hope of the entire people of County Mayo when she entered that summer palace. She knew she'd have to pay play by uh, Queen Elizabeth's rules. She asked for protection and gives her detailed descriptions of what Bingham had done and was doing. She had to wait weeks, probably in some dingy quarters, where questions and answers would go back and forth from the Queen, her uh, sending the Queen sending people to her to ask questions. Um, Grace giving them the answers and sending them back to the um, the castle. From the account of the court secretary, when Grace finally walked in, she had the audacity to not bow down as a subject. This was a great offense to appear equal, but it didn't seem to bother Queen Elizabeth. They ended up going by the fire and they chatted like old ladies talking about parallel lives and the jealousies of powerful but pity men. Elizabeth was truly impressed about Grace attacking her own son's castle. A deal was struck and all charges were dismissed. She arrived back in Clue Bay with everything she asked for of the Queen triumphantly and her lands recognized by royal decree. Bingham was told by the queen to leave Grace alone and let her live out her days in peace and to release Toby. The worst fate, she called him back to answer to the charges of murder and abuse of power. And he ended his days a broken man. She just didn't get in a rocker, park her ships and hang up her swords, though. There is an account by an English captain who came across her galley on the way back from Scotland. She was coming back from raiding a chieftain who had raided her lands in Mayo. She was 67 years old at the time. She is thought to have died of natural causes in 1603. Queen Elizabeth died the same year. They were both 73 years old. There is a chapel on Clare Island. It's beautiful, and it's got all these um, these uh, pictures on the inside. Grace would have known it. She would have been, seen it as a kid. There's an unmarked grave there, and that is the chapel on Clare Island. There in that unmarked grave is where the tomb is presumed to be. Gora Mahagat. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Incomparable History of Ireland. 
please leave a review so that I can get better and better at providing these for you. And also, you can visit my Facebook page, Klan Nagel, Slana Give. Goodbye, everyone. Godi on Haid Ur Ella. Until next time. <laughs>